Hello, I'm Leah Householder. I'm a leader on our technology and data science team at Cineos Health. One critical part of my job is our annual trends report. It gives me the unique opportunity to talk with hundreds of experts who work on the front lines of healthcare around the world and interrogate the latest data and technology to not only anticipate change, but to influence it, to know it, to be more prepared when it arrives. 2023 will be a year of renewal and reimagining. After the last few years, our senses are sharpened around what we need to learn. Let's learn together. Welcome to the Cineos Health Podcast, 2023 Health Trends Edition. I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to talk with you today. I know you know that technology and data are affecting human health and healthcare in ways we never imagined. And the year ahead definitely sets the change for even more high utility impact. So there's no one I'd rather talk to about this change than you. Will you start by just telling us a little bit about your role and how you think about the areas that our company is changing, that our industry is changing? I'm a vice president in our solution architecture group. I'm focused on technology, data, analytics, and bringing all that together from a solution perspective for the different customers that we work with to really help them in everything they're doing from pharma all the way from research and development through to commercial and beyond to help them integrate data-driven action insights and capabilities where previously wasn't possible using any kind of new and emerging technology, new and emerging data, and just make sure that we're accelerating everywhere we can. Yes, you're always the voice on our big brainstorm calls for what haven't you thought of yet? Yes. Yes. So you've probably seen the same numbers that I have, the big headlines about healthcare data, that some 30% of the world's data volume is healthcare entirely, and that by 2025, it's going to be looking at a compound growth rate of 36%. So basically the data doubling every two years. What do you most want to do with it? What are your big aspirations for how to use data to change healthcare? That's a good question. I think it's interesting. You know, the doubling has been going on for a period of time from data more broadly. And as we've continued to expand, even just the healthcare data growing, it's what is defined as healthcare data and what can be used as healthcare data has expanded as well. With looking at real world data, genomics, social determinants of health and everything else that comes together from there. In my mind, one of the biggest uses that we can do with that data is to accelerate new therapies coming to market. Mm -hmm. Obviously, a lot of what we do already, but also helping it to be once something comes to market and it's approved, getting it into the right hands of the right patients at the right time so that the efficacy and safety is more in line with what people want and to treat those diseases that otherwise go undertreated or just completely non-diagnosed at all. Well, I asked you that question in part because the trend we came here to talk about today together is the data effect, all about how bringing those different kinds of data together are really changing our opportunity. So when you think about those multiple kinds of data, medical data, clinical data, interaction data, program data, all coming together in a very privacy-first environment, what kind of questions are your clients asking? What are you talking to them about in terms of what maybe they should be doing differently in 2023? A lot of it is focused on how can I understand, as you said, my patients better. How can I understand the overall healthcare landscape that those patients go through a lot better than I do right now? How can I understand what a patient goes through up till the point of diagnosis and then actually the therapy that they go through throughout the entire time and then throughout the life cycle from that period forward? So we're getting a lot more information and data that's not just, as you highlighted, not just clinical trial data, but it's that healthcare data that's much more broad of where is someone, what's their life before that diagnosis point, what got them mm-hmm. there so that we can accelerate and use AI and ML and, and other analytic methods 
with that broader data to help diagnose them a lot earlier. Whereas previously, particularly with rare diseases, it may take seven to 20 different types of specialist visits to get you diagnosed with a particular rare disease and then continuing from there to get onto a therapy. Now we're able to look back through someone's entire health history using privacy-preserving technologies like tokenization and others to understand that entire patient's continuum of healthcare, their entire life, what are different factors that come into play as well so that they get diagnosed and get them on the therapy that's most likely to be effective right off the bat. And a key component to that and where all that data comes together is also in designing and thinking about your R&D, your research mm-hmm. and development programs, particularly designing protocols for clinical trials that give you enough data so that you can subset your patients out and understand the different breakdowns of patient characteristics patient demographics and how that plays into, again, your safety and efficacy, and then tie that together with those other types of data that are coming together from a real world perspective, from claims and EHRs and genomics, and again, the social determinants aspects. So they're all built out. So you're not doing a clinical trial just to understand here's 100, 1,000, maybe even 5,000 patients and what happened in Mm -hmm. their particular situation, but you're understanding what happens once that therapeutic is out on the market, it's hitting hundreds of thousands of patients on a day-to-day basis, and you can really tweak and change how you're treating people. Broadly. You know, you brought me to so many more questions, but one, I feel like just as a grounding point, we should offer to our listeners is you and I live in the same world, so I know what tokenization is, but would you give just some grounding for maybe people who are really digging into data for the first time and figuring out how they want to use it? Yeah. Tokenization, it's one of the mechanisms that can be used for linking different data together mm-hmm. while maintaining privacy of, in this case, the underlying patient. And really at the simplest form of description, it's just taking some personally identifiable information, and then using that to generate what we call a token. It's just a randomized hash of numbers, letters, and characters that identifies that patient. And then by using that and different levels of encryption, you can have different tokens for the same person at different places, and then be able to link those different data sets together into one holistic data set that doesn't identify the patient, doesn't identify anything about them or their entire life, but has all the health information that's in it and other type of information that we'd want to use to be able to evaluate their overall outcomes and reaction within a clinical study or just in the broader healthcare ecosystem. So we've been talking a lot in our small community, Inside Cineos, we've been talking a lot about how to use that tokenization as well as unstructured data to potentially help clinical trial sites find patients that they might not have known they had. Mm-hmm. Is that part of the future of how we accelerate trial design to be able to use the blinded data to help primary investigators identify patients they wouldn't have necessarily known were in their system? 100% definitely think it is. You're looking at where a lot of, again, the artificial intelligence and machine learning capabilities are coming together with privacy preserving data linking capabilities so that we can start to use natural language processing in ways that has been used over the number of years, but it's finally coming into its own with things that are coming out with OpenAI and and ChatGPT and everything from there, where it's no longer just, okay, I'm going to try to pull out a couple of keywords out of a patient's electronic health records. It's understanding context and pulling that out so that I can understand if I do a protocol and I look at these physician notes in this broad patient population, here's what my actual recruitment numbers will look like and what can happen from there so that you can start to design trials that are much better, recruit better, but also have better outcomes overall. So you're focusing in on that appropriate population for a particular clinical trial. You mentioned a couple of times the social determinants of health. One thing I've really been interested in is watching how census data can be paired with medical data so that you can very clearly know which patients that represent an equitable representation Mm -hmm of a commercial population in a clinical trial, where to find them, who influences them. How important is that coming out of the December Consolidated Financial Act? 
Yeah, it's gone from a place where it was part of draft guidance and highly recommended by the FDA in particular, but now it's basically a requirement to have mm-hmm. diversity within your clinical trial population. And being able to connect that data together from a social determinants of health perspective, which includes obviously ethnic racial diversity, but also economic diversity, geographic, access to transit, kind of everything across the board, and incorporate that into your clinical trial design so that you're treating patients that are similar to those that you're actually going to be treating in the real world with your product once it gets on the market is critically important. It's essentially, well, it is a requirement now by the FDA. And you really put at risk not only your product, but your entire program by not doing trials that have that integrated within your design and making sure that from a recruitment perspective, you're selecting sites and recruitment methods that engage those patients and get them in your trial and keep them in the trial throughout the entire life cycle of it. And are you able to support clients today doing just that? We are. Sineos Health has a number of different capabilities right now that are focused not just on looking at the diversity of a background population of, say, a particular disease state, like what does type 2 diabetes look like from a racial and ethnic makeup within the United States or within any other geography. We also have the capability to tie together that type of data at a site level and at a design level so that we can help our clients to understand here's where patients are actually being treated at particular facilities, at particular hospitals, so that you can target, recruit them into your clinical study and get those numbers that you need. We do it at a number of different levels, both geography-based, but also one of the key aspects of what we do that's differentiated is around bringing an understanding of at a particular facility, how many patients with different demographic breakdowns go through are actually treated, which physicians treat them, so that we can engage both the physician and the patient themselves through a number of different mechanisms. So I'll ask you my second to last question so you know how many more are coming. And it is really my favorite phrase out of this year's trends report. And I stole it from someone. I won't say who. Might have been you. I'm not sure. Um, (laughs) But it was the idea of acting before interruption. That thought that if you are able to put your data together in the right way and have it be real time enough to react to what's going on in the development of a trial in a commercial space, et cetera, you can spot those signals of trouble long before they become trouble. What are you hearing from clients and sponsors about that area of using data to be able to empower teams to act sooner instead of react later? That's a great question. Being able to react sooner ties together with the whole concept of predictive analytics and taking the predictive analytics, what we were talking about a little bit earlier, where predicting outcomes and targeting different patient populations in the actual operational space as well, so that we can start to predict what an outcome should look like, what a trend should look like. And it's part of what we've Mm -hmm. built out with our recruitment prediction capabilities and dashboarding so that we can look at, here's where a particular clinical trial site should be recruiting patients at what number over what period of time so that we can understand, well, you know what, we're not getting the right number of patients, the right demographic breakdown of patients within the time frame we thought so that we can start to react to that ahead of when it becomes a problem. It's one of the big things I think it's required in today's world is not just understanding what your risks are and waiting till it's a problem. You have to identify them ahead of time before they raise to that point. And that's really what we're able to do and, and what people want to be able to do so they can have successful clinical trials much more quickly. So very last question. What else do you want people to be thinking about for the effective data in 2023? I think the key thing is around the effective data is it's coming and you have to be able to leverage data effectively. And it's not just leveraging clinical trial data. Really pharma, biopharma companies and device companies need to be able to leverage all the real world data that's out there and all the emerging data that's coming for both from an operational perspective, from a scientific perspective, from a commercial perspective, to stay competitive, one from a business perspective, but also to really understand and engage appropriately with their patients so they're developing the right therapeutics in the grand scheme of things. 
Well, it's been just a real joy to talk with you. I'm so glad that you spent the time together. I have to say goodbye to these good people. (laughs) (laughs) That's all for today's episode of the Cineos Health Podcast. To learn more about our 2021 health trends, visit trends.health. Or if you have comments, suggestions, ideas, or just want to talk about a particular challenge at your life sciences company, please email us at podcast at I've been your host, Leah Householder, and we'll talk more again next time.